Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Coaching Call podcast. On this podcast, we'll cover various types of coaching by trainers in sports, martial arts, fitness, and business. We'll discuss each coach's methods to getting the most out of their respective athletes or clients and how they attempt to change the platform in which they coach. Join us on a fun adventure as we discuss unique coaching styles. We've all been coached before, in school, at work, or on a team. Your first coaches were your mom and dad who taught you how to communicate, tie your shoes, or play a simple game of catch. Coaching is a universal part of how we get others to get something done. Join your host, Raphael, and his guests on this unique journey in coaching. Hi, I'm Sifu Raphael, and this is the Coaching Call Podcast. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. This episode was made possible by listeners like you. If you enjoy my show, go ahead and buy me a cup of coffee. Make it a large. To donate, go to paypal.me slash Raphael. That's S-I-F-U-R-A-F-A-E-L. I'm trying to keep this podcast free of advertisements. Anything you can donate is greatly appreciated. Thank you. You know, all my, there's nobody is broken. Do we have things that need to be healed? Yes. Or we can look at it like we need to form a different relationship with what has happened to us, but we change it to what's happened for us. My guest today is Chris Plord. Chris is a Los Angeles-based conscience performance coach, consultant, speaker, and mind-body instructor with over 20 years' experience. Chris has traveled both nationally and internationally, speaking, educating on the physical, mental, and emotional aspects of wellness and life. Chris, thank you so much for joining me on Coaching Call. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, absolute pleasure. You're a conscience performance coach. What does that mean? I, I work with people to get them to perform at their very best in all areas of their life. You know, um, coming from a fitness background years ago, working in a variety of businesses and now being able to do this, you know, I look at all areas of someone's life, you know, and I look at it like uh, it's a balance of if, if you're looking at your professional life, your personal life, your health and wellness, your financial life and your spiritual life, you know, and I want to make sure all of those are spinning on the wheel in the, in the just right way. And because if one of them's out of true, then it's going to affect all the rest. So we get a chance to do the full spectrum of someone. Like a holistic approach, huh? Yeah, of course. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's, it's, I think that's where we're all going. What we crave is we crave those, those deeper meanings to things, you know, it's not just let's be successful and win a race. It's like, let's, let's fall in love with the journey. Yeah. You know, let's, let's really dig into why we're doing this as opposed to just getting it done. I think that's what humans crave humans. That's the human condition. <laughs> so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you know, for a lot of people, if, if we think of life as a puzzle, right? Some people's puzzles are really simple. <laughs> they, they have a very basic life. They don't do much. Yeah. But the more we get involved, the more open we are, the bigger the puzzle. Sometimes the smaller the pieces and sometimes we just can't find that one piece, right? Yeah. I think that, that's where a coach can come in and say, hey, it's over there. 
Let's let's help you right. put it together, right? That's right. So for me, I, I think if if we think of life as a puzzle, it's always finding that piece that's gonna fit, right? Yep. And I, I think that that's uh, what I'm seeing is from what I'm hearing from you is that's how you help people to help them put that right. puzzle together, right? Mm-hmm. But guess what? We, once we finish a puzzle, there's gonna be another one, right? I, I love that. Yeah, it's it's a great analogy. It's, you know, I look at it like a, also like a mountain, right? Mm-hmm. We're climbing thousands of mountains in our lives, but no one is, you're going to climb the exact same. Right. And I think that's where a lot of people get frustrated is they think, oh, I did this. And so I, you know, grew this business. So I'm going to grow this other business in, in this way. And it's, it's like, yeah, no, you have all these tools that you acquire and you sharpen through your life, mm-hmm. but you got to ascend, and then the path will reveal itself as you go in the just right ways. You know, if we, and, and that's where people get into trouble is they think they, they, they want to control and they need to know what that exact next step is before they continue. And some, it's, it sticks a lot of people, you know, it, it, it pause. People won't do things because they don't know, they can't see clearly. And that's where faith comes in. That's where getting into the action comes in. And then it comes out right. all in due time. Mm-hmm. So with everything you're talking about, how important is journaling? Well, I think it's different for different people. Right. You know, um, some people, it's great to do a, a voice recording, mm-hmm. right? So just to record what's going on. Um, I personally, um, I, a few years back, I started writing every single morning. I don't know if you heard of a, something called the artist way, mm-hmm. but that really helped, helps me get out a lot of what I'm holding in. You know, they say if if you're holding things in and you're not letting them out, they're going to especially the negative things are going to grow in power. Right. Like shame and guilt. Mm. Right. So this this helps you let out for writing for me, helps me let out what I'm holding in so that I can be a little clearer, so I can be a little freer, a little lighter. You know, and and a lot of my clients that I suggest do that, too when they start this practice of writing, it's however it looks for you, whether it's in the morning or afternoon or whatever the case may be. Fantastic. That they, they get a lot of great results out of it. Some people don't like to write. So, you know, they can record on a, on a recorder if that's your thing. So it all depends, you know, there's no cookie cutter way of doing it. Everyone has their own unique way of, um, of, of moving through life and, and, and developing their own tools that works for them. Absolutely. You, you brought up two very important topics, shame and guilt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Holy cow. That we can yeah. talk for hours on those two things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so. Let, let's start with shame. Let's start with shame because that is huge. Mm-hmm. Thinking about, you know, I see people who are not doing what they should be doing mm-hmm. and they know they should be doing certain things. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden that shame takes over for whatever reason, whatever they're missing or not doing. Right. How, how do you help someone understand that? <laughs> well, you know, I, I actually have a, um, I have a whole course on this, a whole section of a workshop on releasing shame and guilt. Just a little bit. I'm not the expert. I have a, I have a friend, uh, a good friend of mine who's a therapist and uh, Spencer Figueroa, and he, he loves the topic of shame and guilt. Mm. So he's taught me a lot about what this is. So just to clarify, shame is I am messed up, Mm. right? Guilt is I messed up. 
Right. So so there's a, a, a part of this that that we need a little of. Right. Because for guilt, for example, if we didn't have a little bit of guilt, we'd be sociopaths. Right. We keep going through life and we we would just keep doing bad things and not feel any remorse for them. So we need a little of it. The problem with the thing with shame is there's a worthiness attached to it. Right. Like like we shame is I I am broken. Mm is what the, 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 the wording that goes on in a lot of people's heads. And the fact of the matter is I don't believe anybody is broken. Mm. You know, all my, there's nobody is broken. Do we have things that need to be healed? Yes. Or we can look at it like we need to form a different relationship with what has happened to us, but we change it to what's happened for us. Right. right. In our lives. So if we can shift that perspective and look at those things that we have went through in life that we'd never wish anything, we wouldn't want to, to wish it upon anybody else. But if we can look at those things and say, okay, what did I gain from this? What are the lessons that I learned from this situation? Right. How did I, what are the gifts that I acquired through this? Right. Yeah. And if we can, really break that down. I spend this time with all my clients, you know, breaking down those major things that happen to us in life. And I'll give you a quick example. So for me, you know, I lost a sister when I was 12 years old, Mm. right? Wouldn't terrible, you know, it was very, for my whole family, it was, it was this really hard, terrible thing to deal with. But when I look back now, I see the strength that she had. I see the, the, the courage because she had a heart disease from when she, since she was born and she made it almost nine years. Mm-hmm. I see the amazing tenacity, the, the courage and how she never complained and the love that she gave off. And, and when she did pass, how it brought my family closer together. Right. And, and, and I don't look back at that and go, I wish that didn't happen. If that didn't happen, then this would, we can't, we can't change the past. All we can do is embrace what has happened Mm -hmm. and say, what is the good that came out of this? What can we look at? And a lot of people have a hard time looking at the good that came out of it. They're caught up in the victim or the story of it. And it's really hard to move past And they stay in that shame of, I am wrong. I am broken. I am this, I am that. And the fact is, if we can go and start working towards something that we want, as opposed to running away from what we don't want or what happened, Mm -hmm. then we're going to have a completely different way of being. Absolutely. A a completely different mindset, a completely different life and trajectory that we're heading in. Mm -hmm. So it's important to embrace and learn to dance with what's happened to us as opposed to fight what's happened to us. I like to dance. I like to dance. (laughs) (laughs) You you, you bring up a good point because a lot of people, and I've seen it, um, especially with people who've been married a long time, when they lose Mm -hmm. their partner, they stop living, entirely stop living. Right. And I saw it with my kid's grandfather. The poor man would, in his car, have his wife's clothes in it so she would be with him wherever he went he wore black the rest of his life right and he basically stopped living and i've seen that not only in men i've seen it in women right and i've seen that would she had wanted him to live that way she probably would have wanted him to be happy you know yes i'm not with you anymore Mm -hmm. but i don't want you to suffer because i'm gone 
And a lot of people don't understand that. Yes. Just because a circumstance or a situation has happened, someone has mm -hmm. been taken away from us. We should be sad. We should remember the, all the beauty that they brought in. Yeah. But I'm sure they wouldn't want us to suffer on, on, and on every day until we passed. They would want us to have a good life. Yes. I mean, just like if I pass, I don't want anyone, you know, first of all, I want people to have a party. That's right. I agree. <laughs> let's celebrate. You know, let's, let's celebrate yeah. the goofiness that I, I shared with everyone. Let's, let's have fun because if, if you're going to mourn me, it's, it should be for a, a moment. That's it. And you should celebrate. Yeah. Hopefully I give you something to celebrate, right? Hopefully I am that person that, that was fun, that made everything worthwhile so that yeah. I don't want anyone ever thinking or suffering because I'm gone. Right. But hey, you never know. Some people might be very happy that I'm gone. Who knows, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, it's, 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 in, it, it's a roller coaster. Grieving cycle is a roller coaster. You know, there's some moments where people you know, there, there have these, these, I'm sad, you know, and, and let yourself feel that sadness. Right. But like to what you said, I, I too want to party, you know, I want to be remembered for the things that I did that impacted others and this planet. Right. You know, I, I, I want to leave a legacy of, of, of great, of goodness, you know, for the people that I hopefully touched. And, and, and when I go, I, I would love if, if people could celebrate those things and, and move and, and what would honor me. And I think probably you as well, because you're doing this podcast to, to help others and, and to impact others yeah. is to take those lessons that you're teaching that I'm, I'm able to, to give, or I've lived that I'm able to share and put them into play in their own lives. Right. right. Live that life of, of, of purpose. Mm -hmm. You know, you have a, sh we have a short period of time to do some, some great things. So fall in love with this journey that we're on, you know, yes, grieve, be sad, you know, uh, love that person. Remember what they gave you, right. but this is our duty. I believe to serve, to serve others in this, in this, planet and to be the best versions of ourselves in every way, shape or form, you know, in all areas. Absolutely. You, you know, one of the things that a lot of people miss is the last message you would want someone to know you for. And so a lot of people, they'll leave a will, they'll leave material things, but they won't leave a message. Mm. And I think if we can change that, right, think about it. Right. You want to tell someone, hey, I loved you or I did this and I did that. I didn't get a chance to tell you in person, whatever it may be. Or like, hey, you know what? I don't want a funeral like everyone else. I want a party. I want this type yeah. of music. I want you guys to, to have a good. But yeah. if we don't let people know this, yeah, how will they know? That's right. You no. Know, how will they know? A lot. Look, we may die and we don't know when. I mean, mm -hmm. wouldn't it be amazing if we knew? When mm -hmm. would we live our life differently? You know, I live my life as if I'm going to die every day. So I enjoy every minute. There you go. Everyone I spend time with, you know, I value like mm -hmm. the fact that you and I are talking is because we had a conversation before. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to spend time with Chris 
I want to make sure I'm going to enjoy it, right? Yeah, yeah. Because, hey, my life is short. Your life is short. What are we doing wasting it? Let's not waste it. You can't ever That's get right. back. So nope. thank you for spending time with me today. I appreciate it. Oh, it's my, my honor, my pleasure. So thank you. <laughs> what motivated you to go on the journey that you're on now? Who impacted you? And when did you realize that you had this gift to help other people? You know, a lot of trial and error. You know, going into, you know, I've always been involved in sports my entire life. We had a huge athletic town, um, really well known for their sports, Brockton, Massachusetts, um, Marvin Hagler, Rocky Marciano, you know, it was just a lot of pride. Right. So I was always involved in in sports and 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 being in that movement of being the best version I could, you know, and especially wrestling, what I realized was, you know, being really nervous before matches. Mm because of the opponent I was facing. And what it was for me is I realized one day I go, it's not about the person across from me. It's about the person I see in the mirror. That's my opponent, right? It's not about, can I defeat this person? It's about, is this man going to defeat myself? Am I going to self-sabotage? Right. And when I, I, I looked at that and I was like, wow, okay, how can I perform better? How can I use this mental fitness game, not just this physical fitness game and, and apply it to all areas of my life. And so I had a lot of programming of go and get a job uh, in a great company with great benefits. And you're going to be happy, go get a business degree, which I did, mm-hmm. you know, you have to get a degree because I didn't have one. This is my mom. And when you do, everything will be fine. You'll be set for the rest of your life. And so I worked in a variety of different, I worked for, I went to Walt Disney University for my internship. I worked for Enterprise Rent-A-Car. I worked for Xerox, did medical device sales. And every time I got into these different companies and they're great companies, so I'm not Mm -hmm. talking bad about any of them, but for me, I was not fulfilled. There was something missing. There was something that I didn't, wasn't getting. And I always would coach people or train people or give them fitness advice. And, you know, I would teach classes here and there. And I was like, oh, this is great, but I can't make a living. I had a a mindset. I can't make a living out of this. (laughs) You know, my idea of a fitness professional was this dude in a gym that would just couldn't put his arms down by his side. And I I don't want that. And what I realized was that I could make it anything I wanted to. So I went into, um, I worked at different companies. I was a presenter for different companies and I got to train trainers and, and got an opportunity to travel around the world, certifying thousands of instructors and developing content and courses and all of this. And, and my passion and all these courses had a theme of, of, of human development of how could I make this person or how could this person see or be the best version, the best instructor, the best teacher he could. So I started making these workshops and developing these. And then one day I had a a client go, can you work with my sales team? And I did. And I went in and I presented to the sales team, started working with them all one-on-one using the same principles that I would use with my fitness clients. You know, how do you get to the end of a triathlon? You know, how do you finish a marathon? How do you, you know, which I did, I was an ultra endurance athlete and did all that. And so we trained in periodization like ways. And, and when you, I took those principles and I applied them to how can you be a better sales 
person, right? We looked at their lives, you know, Mm. where you got to put up boundaries. You haven't taken a vacation in three years. Um, You're pleasing your clients as opposed to serving your clients, right? And I got to work with them one-on-one. And in three months time, we had a 30% increase in in sales and the highest sales the company has seen in 28 years. And I never talked about money once, right? And it was all about that holistic approach, which we talked about looking at the entire life cycle. And I was like, this is so rewarding. And so like to see them shift perspective on how they're doing things and change the way they're doing things and switch from pleasing to serving to I get to as opposed to I have to. They go into the ownership as opposed to the victim mentality. And I get to point that out as a coach or like a father. I think fathering and coaching have very similar qualities, right? They do. <laughs> yes. I get to tell the truth. I get to give them in a loving way the truth. And, and in doing that, they get to receive it when they're ready to receive it. But I'm doing my job by saying, oh, that doesn't feel right, or that feels right, or here's the mirror, or what is it you want to be in a year, or what, how is your life you want to shift in two years from now? And put those tools into play so that they can implement them and, and, and ultimately be successful, but also fulfilled and happy at the same time. Yeah. And that's the goal, not just success, but fulfillment and happiness as well. Yeah, because money is not everything. I mean, for some people, it is when they don't know any better. That's all it is, right? You know, that's funny. You say that. I was just going to say, you know, yes, money is important. You know, but what is your relationship with money? That's another thing coaching people on the relationship with money. And, and that really holds a lot of people down. Yes, it's important to have money, but why do you want money? You know, for me, I want to be able to do, be free and do things when I want to do them, to be able to give back to the world through people that need it, to be able to take these great vacations and travel and, and you know, not necessarily to build five houses, but to to have the things that that allow me to be free and to give when I want to give, you know? So it's important that we define that with a lot of my clients as well is what is your relationship with money? Is it allowing you, is it propelling you forward? Is it holding you back? And for most, unfortunately, it kind of holds them back in a way. It does. Money is such a big, I guess guess it's it's a sticking point for a lot of people Mm -hmm. because sometimes they they forego happiness because they think the money is the way. Yeah. Meanwhile, they're at a, a job that's killing them mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of a job that's making them grow as a person. That's right. Because listen, all the money you can make in the world, all, all the people, look, Steve Jobs, how much money did he take with him? None. Zero. Guy was worth so much. He took nothing. But it's what he gave mm-hmm. that made him, mm-hmm. you know, that he created his legacy from what he created. And that's, I think that that's the most important for me. Basically, that is the most important. Yes, money is a beautiful thing and we should not negate it, but we should understand it, that it should not control how we act, Mm -hmm. you know, what we do with it. And then also you got those people who win the the lotto, they get all this money and then they're worse off for it because (laughs) money was like the worst thing that they could ever have. Yeah. Meanwhile, you know. Maybe they were poor to begin with. I mean, don't get me wrong. Who, who doesn't want to have, you know, 5, 10, 20, 30, 40 million dollars in their bank account overnight? 
or wouldn't, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's an interesting, you know, what is it? 65, 70% of people that win the lottery um, end up going bankrupt. I think it's more than that. It's more than that. It's because their relationship with, and, and we can go back to the shame and the guilt. Do I deserve That's this? Exactly. Right. Yeah. Do I deserve to have this? And there's that upper limit problem of uh, that. They, they hold, I don't deserve this. So there's a self-sabotaging thing that goes, that goes on. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it away. I don't deserve it. I'm going to do more drinking, more drugs. You know, I'm going to enjoy life, you know, and you know, we, I went through this weekend one time and this really powerful example was given and it said, okay, here's a hundred million dollars. What are you going to do? You're going to go buy your homes on in the mountains and the, you're going to travel around the world. You're going to buy your beach house. You're going to do all those things. Then what in two years, then what are you going to do? Right. You have no choice, but to look inside and say, what is that that I am going to do in this world? You know, you don't have to work again and make another dollar, but what is your impact going to be? What is that, that, that higher purpose work that you get to do now? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I love to work with people to help them find that even in mid career, you know, of a job is to get them to look at that and go, all right, what are my gifts? What is my passions and how can I use that to be in service? Yeah. Right. And, and take that from, from the get go, from the beginning, prior to coming up with this money and going into self-sabotage land and then going, you know, I think if people who did win the lottery, the first thing they should do is hire a therapist right, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> to help them deal with it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When we talk mm. to people who have made millions and they could retire, they can do nothing for the rest of their life. They can just travel, do whatever, but they don't. And the question people are like, are they greedy? No. Because they're not done doing what they have to do. They have a path and it money was just, it was a bonus, right? So the real path of what your life is going to be, that's where the beauty shines, right? What you do with your time and why do you continue to go to work? You, You don't have to, but why do you do it? Look, Zuckerberg, does he have to work anymore? No, but he does. Why? Passion, right? Yeah. So it's, That's it's right. that passion that we, we need to find that, that puzzle, that piece of the puzzle, right? Like we talked about earlier. We need to make sure that, and like I said earlier, when we finish that puzzle, guess what? You're going to be bored out of your mind looking at the same puzzle. <laughs> you need a new puzzle. You need to That's right. figure new things out. You know, one of the, the things that I'm always doing is if I'm not learning, man, am I bored out of my mind? Yeah. Every day, this is I journal. So I have a couple of books I journal in. This morning, I got up early, earlier than normal. And in my mind, I said, I got to write this stuff in my, my, my journal because the minute I woke up, it just popped, it was in my mind. So I had to get it out. Yeah. So for me, journaling is, is, is getting that out of my mind and putting it mm-hmm. into paper. And then I can evaluate it so much more. And like, I, I agree with you. If you don't like writing, that's cool. Yeah. Speak it, you know, put it in a recording, do something with it. Because sometimes we have those moments where like, what was I thinking? I don't remember. Yeah. And instead of doing that, you can go, let me look at my journal or let me listen to what I was thinking. That's right. And that's a life changer for me anyway. Yeah. That's huge. That's a big deal. Yeah. You know, it, it's living in Los Angeles. I've had you know, I've had the opportunity to work with a lot of 
movie stars, celeb, you know, celebrities, ex CEOs, you know, people that are set with money. And, and I, I got a chance to see firsthand, which are the ones who are the ones that are fulfilled and happy and who are the ones that are not. And what, what I've seen is the ones that are staying active, constantly pushing themselves in a uncomfortable into uncomfortable action on a regular basis you know still going after you know traveling a lot and doing the things that you know being in relationship with people is so important for the happy ones mm-hmm. it's the ones that that don't stay in that relationship that that bring themselves into their home that that kind of have that couple of drinks that's their one thing they look forward to every single night which is fine do that but but it's the doing things. I hear excuses of, nah, that might not be what I want. I did that. I was a CEO for X amount of years. That was, that's too hard. I don't know. I might know. But it's, it's looking at and going, it's okay. Yes. You you're set. You don't have anything to lose. You know, put out what you need to get uncomfortable, get into that state where you're going to, your soul is going to keep growing, mm. you know, because if that's the case, that's what's going to keep the vibrancy and the alertness and the aliveness yeah. is people run from the butterflies and that, and that uncomfortable feeling, get comfortable being uncomfortable, do some things that you might fail at. That's okay. Right. Right. It fail forward, like failure and success run parallel to each other. But when you fail, get right back up. Mm-hmm. And that's not a bad thing. Give yourself permission to fail, yeah. you know, and learn from that. Oh, you know, you have to welcome failure mm-hmm. because that means you tried. You can't mm-hmm. fail unless you tried, right? So a lot of people. That's right. A lot of people, they're afraid of failure. So therefore, they don't do it. They don't do anything. Yeah. So they're living that that lifestyle, that sedentary lifestyle. I'm going to go nine to five, not going to rock the boat Mm -hmm. at work, you know, and I come home, I sit, I watch TV, I pay my bills, I go back to work. Mm -hmm. It's Groundhog Mm -hmm. Day, Groundhog Day every day. And it's like, what life is that? I mean, for them, they might be, if they're happy, hey, kudos. But I don't know anybody who really is happy. And one of the things that I, I realize is a lot of people but always saying, I'm too old for that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that's a shame. No. You, you want to slap him, right? <laughs> totally. Nice back yeah. fist or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 I get it. I get, I get people who are younger than me saying that. People in their, their 30s and like, oh, I can't do that. That's for kids. I'm like, dude, I'm doing it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? I was on a, um, a podcast yesterday where the, the, the lady, one of the hosts was, she moved to Italy at the age of 50. Mm. She's been there for seven years and she goes, I couldn't be happier. It was the best thing I ever did. Right. She just made her life happen and, and did that. And she goes, I feel more at home here than I ever have in my entire life. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, take, it's taking that chance. You know, is it nerve wracking? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. But what if you don't do it? Mm-hmm. What if you look back and you say, I wish I did that? Right. You know, I think failing is so much easier to deal with than regret. Right. Then not taking that chance, not stepping into your power, not giving, you know, you were giving these gifts, these these amazing situations that you were put in to learn from. Now use those. Understand you have this tenacity and this amazing way about you and put it into play. It doesn't have to be perfect. Perfect 
is not a thing anymore. If you were perfect, you'd be very lonely because nobody would be able to relate to you. So there is no one perfect. No, there's absolutely nobody perfect. (laughs) Right. And that's what keeps a a lot of people stuck. Right. Perfection of, uh, and having the next step, the next step is going to present itself. If you are moving, Mm -hmm. if you put yourself in there, right. you'll, You'll recover. Oh yeah. You'll recover. No question. Yeah. The most successful people can probably tell you more stories about their failures than their successes. Yes. Because they're successful because of their failure, right? No doubt. I mean, look at Michael Jordan. He talks about how many games he messed up, how many passes he didn't do, how many every time they were counting on him to get that winning shot, he never got it. And he doesn't talk about all the times he was successful. Because it's remembering the, the failures is going to keep you on your toes. Right? So That's when we right. talk about being on your toes, it means like, what's next? Yeah. What's my next adventure? Because to me, even if I succeed at something, mm-hmm. I'm not happy. I'm not happy. Right. Because, yeah, I, I might celebrate for the moment, mm-hmm. but I'm like, what's next? Let's go for the next challenge. Right. Because that's what invigorates, right? Yeah. That, that. That thought of like, well, I think I can do it, but I'm going to do it mm-hmm. even if I don't do it, right? That's right. Even if I succeed or if I fail, the most important thing is that I went for it. That's it. Yep. So true. So true. Yep. Spoken well. I was just going to say that fulfillment aspect, you know, and, and it's a great truth teller. Um, I was just at a conference in Cabo with 50 CEOs with this organization. And I, I one of the first questions I asked them, or second, I had them all do breakouts and I said, how, I know you're all successful. You wouldn't be here, right? right? You're all making seven digits. Y'all have X amount of employees because that's a requirement for this organization. But I want to know how fulfilled you are as a whole in your life on a scale of one to 10. And I want you all to talk about that fulfillment, right? And so the average number was about a six on that scale of one to 10. So I asked them, I go, how can you be the best version of yourself, the best business person, the best CEO, the best father, the best mother, the best sister, the best brother, if you're only playing at a level of six, yeah. right? Like, like if people are just like, oh shit, right? Like, <laughs> yes. wait a minute. So, so I have this successful business that's making money and I feel good about that, but I want to know about everything else. How do we spin this so that you bring that up to a nine or 10? Because if you're flowing at a nine or 10 in your life on a regular basis, don't get me wrong, you're going to drop down. Think of how much more creative and how much happier you're going to be, what you're going to be able to put out there into the world, right? right? Because if you're operating from that left brain of survival, just to make sure that you're, you get 10% more next year, then that's coming from judgment. That's coming from survival. That's coming from get it done at any cost rather than right brain of sage or Jedi of, of happiness, of empathy, of, of, of action, of creativity. And when you play in that realm, that's when the vision goes from this to, Whoa, there's so much more out there. Right. So being a coach, I want to make sure all of my clients and all the people I'm groups I'm working with are working towards that nine or 10. 
are doing the things to eliminate what's keeping them down, are making sure they're taking care of their vessel and their selves so that they can be that and be the example to their employees, to their family, to their loved ones. Because when they do the work on themselves, that gives everybody else permission to do the work. They see that they're living by example. Mm -hmm. And then it, it has this ripple effect that goes out in this beautiful way. Yeah. yeah. Just give me a second. My, one of my lights just went crazy. (laughs) I don't know what happened. Give me a sec. Sure. No worries. Yeah. In the two years I've been doing this, that's never happened. (laughs) What was it? It's, it's a, one of the, a zoom light or something like that. Oh, okay. Hey, you know, things happen. (laughs) All good. now. Absolutely. Plus, you, editing is always good that we can do that, right? <laughs> right, right. So, or, or maybe I, it was my calling. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was like, bing, 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 the light's on, light bulb above you. <laughs> There's something there. It's time to go. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, let, let's talk about that, right? It's time to go. I mean, how would we react if we found out today was our last day? Mm-hmm. I mean, so many people, and I have friends of mine who... Sometimes they don't even want to bring it up. They're like, I'm terrified of death. Mm. And I'm like, well, you have no control over it. Right. You know, the only thing I would like is not to be in an accident. But how do you know? Hopefully I go fast. Right. I don't want to suffer through it. And unfortunately, people do suffer. Mm -hmm. You know, some people suffer and some people go in their sleep. Wouldn't that be the best? Mm. Do we have a choice? No. Well, some people take the choice and that's the wrong way. Right? Mm. And, that, and everyone has said that that's the coward way because right. you didn't face your demons, as we call right. them, right? Right. What would we do if we were told? And some, some people are told you have six months to live. You have a year, three months, whatever. Mm. What if we were told, you know, today's your last day? How would we react? That's mm. mm. it's, it's, the question. Yeah. Right. That's that's the one is, did we do everything we needed to do in this life? Right. You know, right. Would it be scary? Yeah, of course, because we don't actually really know. I have an idea. Right. You know, I've, I've felt it. I've kind of seen some things in, in different places, you know, and connections and, you know, but it's I think it's for me, it's a it's a feeling that it will be OK. Do I want to leave right now? No, no. No way. But it's it's knowing that I did the best I could with the tools that I have had. Right. It's being able to, I think, forgive Mm -hmm. and not from a standpoint of, yeah, you did this to me. So I'm just going to forgive you. But but really being able to kind of go, you know what, you did the best job you could. Right. With the tools that you've had. Yeah. You know, a lot of people look at, you know, their elders or parents and go, you know, if it was only this way, if it was only that way, I think it's, it's coming to terms with your story and just going, this was here for me and I need to shift my perspective on it. You do some major analyzing with your life and go, did I, do I have any regrets? And if I do, can I shift those regrets into something much more meaningful? Mm. Can I let go of the pain of, of what happened for me and, and, and hold it in a different way, right? Can I, can I really leave, you know, th- those notes to my kids and, and tell them I love them one more time, mm-hmm. you know, um, can I, can I 
talk to my parents? Can I call the people that, that, that have impacted me and thank them for that? Yeah. Right. Just really just, just being gratitude for, for this life that we got, we had an opportunity that maybe some of us think that we chose to jump into for this period of time, mm-hmm. you know, and, and leave it like you like I said earlier, leave it a better, did I leave it a better place than when I came? Right. It's, it's hopefully living with no regrets. Right. Right. Cause I, I've done everything that I wanted to do. Mm. I mean, there's so much more that I want to do. Right. If today's my day, today's my day. I can't. Right. I can't do what I wanted to do tomorrow, today. Yeah. Because that's for right. tomorrow. Hopefully, I'm around for tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, exactly. So this is for for me. Living in the present mm. is the most important thing that I can do. But I do bring the past, and that's why I ask. You know, who influenced you? And then I also have to plan for my tomorrows, because mm. if you live today as if it truly your last day then what are you going to do tomorrow right this is why we plan right right this is why you help people and i love the fact that you bring everything in a synergistic way of when you work with with your clients and letting them Mm. know that they need to have that balance that alignment because you know some people say well here's my balance my balance is a hundred percent but I give 80% to my work, 20% to my business, to my family, or, right. you know, 10% to my family and this amount to fun and this amount. And so mm-hmm. that's their balance. But they still say they have 100%. But is it balance? Do other people see it as balance? It's what mm-hmm. your balance is, right? Mm-hmm. It has to make sense to you. You're the one living it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you know, you got a great point. And, and how I heard this one time was... Um, from a, an old teacher of mine, uh, he said, he goes, look, I'm, I have kids. I, um, I, I'm going to write a book and I'm going to, I got to finish this book. So, and I have a wife and I know I need to get done before this deadline. And he said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have a loving conversation with my wife. I'm going to be in the, in the office every day for, you know, morning till night, finishing this book or whatever it takes but I'm having this, this conversation, this, this agreement that I'm making with my wife that this is going to get done. And when I get done with that book on this day, we're going to go on a two-week vacation somewhere, all of us, so we can be completely together. And it's that mindfulness of, of connecting and having these agreements, right? So that it does eventually balance out. Like, I get it. Like, you know, you're in the process of selling your company. There's a lot of stuff that's going down. You're in the office seven days a week. You're talking to lawyers. You're getting the paperwork done. There's you're on to make sure all these deep, these I's are dotted and these T's are crossed. But the point is, can you enroll your loved ones into this process, letting them know that we are about to have this happen and it's going to have need all my attention for this period of time. What do you need from me? Right. And, and, and it's not about, can you be balanced seven days a week? You know, it's that nine to five. Oh, I have plenty of time. Look, life presents itself. If you got sick, if somebody had a diagnosis of, of something and they had to, they had to really, I had a friend of mine, he had cancer, right? He had to be, he had to take care of himself. He has a young boy, three years old, his wife, he had to take care of himself so that he could get better. Cause if he didn't put his attention into himself, then 
he might not be around today. Right. You know, hope, you know, thankfully he's, he's doing well. He's on the mend, but that's great. There's that point where there needs to be this conversation of asking for help of, of doing things the right way. And I think a lot of people lose sight of that. They think, Oh, I got to get this done. And they go and they survive rather than step back and say, how can I be more present and balanced with everything that's going on around me? with my loved ones so that I enroll them into this next grace that I'm doing or goal that I'm achieving. Right. Cause that's what it's all about yeah. is, is, is going into this journey and going, what am I learning through this process? Right. If I'm sick, if I'm selling a business, if my business is failing and I got to get rid of it, you know, if, if, if my kids are, you know, need more attention from me and I need to be there all the time, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's taking that approach, you know, and I love the fact, you know, you're saying you're writing it down on paper. Yeah, the, the journaling helps tremendously because it allows you to put all of those thoughts into one place where you get to kind of just hash it out. You get to be with it. You get to be present with it and feel into, OK, what's the next step? What's the next thing that's going to bring me a little closer to ultimately myself, right? When I get to peel back those layers and say, okay, this is, this is me growing. This is me being the best version of, of me. Yeah. One of the things that, and, and you mentioned is that to let the people in your circle know what your plans are mm. so that they can either be on board or not be on board. Right. And I did that years ago when I was going into a new business venture mm. with my partner at the time, and they were a hundred percent on board. Perfect. Mm-hmm. I shake my head. They were not. <laughs> so they're no longer my partner. But right. what happened is they yesed me. I'm with you. I'm this and that. But it wasn't clear enough. Right. Maybe. We need clarity as well, because I learned that right away. Right. Because I thought I was 100% clear. Not only did I ask, do you understand what I'm giving up in order to accomplish this goal? Mm-hmm. I'm going to do this. I'm, and I was very clear and specific. This is what has to happen. Yep. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Right. And the first turn, they were not there. I was like, yeah. Oh, something, something went awry. Right. But when we think about, I thought I was being clear, but we also need to make sure that when we are delivering a message, that our message is not only clear, but it's heard. Yeah. And it's, it's internalized because some people will say, yeah, I got you. I hear you. But is it internalized? Are you, can you repeat it back to me? Right. That's right. So that's, that's a lot of, a lot of things I do with my clients now Yeah, yeah. is I want to make sure that, Hey, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. Are mm-hmm. you okay with it? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Tell me in your words, what we're doing. <laughs> there you go. So, there so we, you go. So, yeah. So now we both yeah. understand yeah, that yeah. we're both on the same page. And it's that clarity that so many people get lost on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How do you help people with, with clarity? Because I'm sure you, you come with that a lot. <laughs> so as you, were, as you were just talking, I go, oh, you took expectations and you made them agreements. Yeah. Right, right. Right. So, so expectations are a very, a very tricky thing, right? They're, they come from a place of fear. They're they're created in a place of fear. There's, they're, un, they're not clear, right? There are things you make up in your mind. You do it solo, right? You get to a place when, when those expectations get met. It's like, blah, blah, blah. Okay, they got met. No big deal. 
as opposed to taking those expectations and turning them into clear, loving agreements. Mm. Agreements come from love. Agreements are collaborative because you're, you're coming up with someone else. Agreements are those, the, I mean, expectations are those negative below the line type of things. Mm-hmm. You can change any expectation and make them into agreements. Agreements are loving. Agreements come from a place of, of collaboration. They come from a place of courage because you have to actually sit down and talk. They're, they're a place of, of coming to terms and negotiation in a beautiful way. And when those, those agreements are, are, are put into play, however you'd like to do them, it's very clear and it takes a lot of the emotional energy out of what's getting done, right? So you can take any expectation and turn it into an agreement, but you have to get into that action around them. You can do it with your wife. You can do it with your business partners. You can do it with your hubby, your kids. I have tons of agreements with, with my kids. It's not like, okay, Mm -hmm. you're making your bed every morning, son. Right. Yes. Okay. (laughs) And you're take, you're cleaning the garage once a week. Right. Yes. Right. And in, in return, I'm going to pay you an allowance to do that. Right. Right. Same thing with my wife. I know you're picking up Josie, my daughter at, at, so-and-so at time on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm doing it on Tuesday and Thursday. That's an agreement we have. Same thing, dinner, whatever the case may be, right? But when that clarity comes into play, the, it takes away, it allows you to be a little freer. It takes away that, that other negative energy that might take you down, right? And brings it into the, okay, there's, if you don't do this, here's the consequence, right? Yeah. And, and so it's like, the, you don't have to get upset about it because you were very clear with what you stated up front. It's a really simple thing to do. I love doing this with groups and putting this, putting them into play. What's an expectation you have or two expectations you have and how can you make them into loving agreements? It's, it's a game changer for life, no doubt. Mm-hmm. But you have to have the courage to go into it and, and, and have that with somebody. And I want all our listeners to know we're not just talking family. Right. This concept can be used in business yes because we need clarity especially if you're a manager your boss your ceo we need to have that clarity of what's our goal what's our end game what's the results that we want 100 percent. and sometimes you have to give the freedom to let them do it right that's right that's right yeah even ask at work ask your people your teammates what are some agreements that you'd like to create? What are some expectations you, I mean, right there, you enrolling and asking your teammates, your colleagues, your, your employees, what they want, what, how can they be more clear? That's a, that's a huge leadership oh, yeah. moment right there. They're, you're stepping up the game of empowering them as opposed to just directing them. Mm-hmm. You know, you're asking for their opinion and they're going to feel more valued and put, do a better job because of that. Right. I hear so many CEOs who say, if I would have stayed at my last job, I would never have become a CEO. <laughs> I would never be in charge of my own life because these people were not allowing me to shine. Right. And when I made the decision to shine, mm-hmm. boy, did I shine. Was I bright? Right. <laughs> and you have to allow yourself if no one allows you to shine, too bad. Mm. Get out of there. Right. Find a way to shine. Life is short. Be the best. Right. 
you can be. There's no one perfect. And you can try to be perfect, but you'll never get there. Yeah. And here's the thing that I like, right? I'm never going to be perfect, but I'm going to try every day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. I, I like, I love, I love that. When I found out perfection wasn't a thing, I was like, uh, I couldn't, you know, I had a hard time asking for help. I had a hard time, right. you know, uh-huh. I did it all on my own. And when I realized that perfection wasn't, wasn't a thing, it was like this big weight got lifted off my chest. And what was replaced was excellence over perfection. Be excellent, not perfect. Mm-hmm. And if you strive for excellence, you know, that's, that's the whole key. That is the key. You know, and the other thing you, yeah. And the other thing you just said, you know, you're, you're creating new leadership. That's the way the leadership is, is, is going in this world. You're, you're, you're allowing people to shine. Leaders don't have to have titles. Mm -mm. Leaders can be in a place of, of work, you get to build these people up. That's serving people, right? That's what leadership is becoming. And that's what I love working with everybody on is how do you become the best leader that you can be, mm-hmm. right? First lead yourself, then you can teach it and give it to, to others. That's, that's funny. That's, that's what my, this morning's my gratitude was on leadership. Right. When I woke up, it was in my brain. I was like, I got to get it on paper. Yeah. So it was all about leadership, you know, building community, mm-hmm. all these different things. And I was like, I got to write this thing down. Yeah. So that's why I got up so early. And it was based on leadership, right? Right. And then sometimes I had a weird dream the other day and it scared me. And it was not a nightmare. Mm-hmm. It was me being a terrible leader. And I was like, whoa, that's scary. I'm like, that's not me. Yeah. And I was so demanding and so putting people down in my dream. I'm like, who was, who was I thinking of? Right, right. right. Because that's not who I want people to see. Right. That's not me. You know, I want to, look, if I'm going to tell somebody, hey, that floor has to be swept, I'm going to go, you sweep that side, I'll sweep this side. Yeah. We'll do it together, right? That's the kind of leader that I want to be. That's right. I'm not going to be like, hey, you go do this, and I'm just going to sit over here and watch. Mm-hmm. No, because that won't make me a real leader, right? Right. That'll be, be somebody, that's a pusher, right? Somebody who's going to push people around. Yeah. I can't do that. So when I had that dream, to me, it was a nightmare. Yeah. Because I was like, and people were like, like people were like having coffee. Here's the funny thing, right? I drink coffee all the time. I'm Colombian. So people are having coffee and I'm like, what's wrong with you? You can't have coffee now. You're supposed to be doing this work or whatever. Right. And then, and then when I woke up, I'm like, oh my gosh, who was that guy? <laughs> right, right. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. It's such a, um, you know, what you're talking about is, is driving or, or driving people from fear, mm. left brain versus right brain in, in the more, you know, moving towards way, the more empowering way. Right. And research shows if you're if you're operating from the left brain, you you can get things, you can be successful. Oh yeah, right. But if you can switch those neuropathways, right, and train yourself, do the mental fitness things to get yourself to come from more of that place of empowerment, of of running towards, of all the things I mentioned before. Not only you're going to be thirty percent more successful, live ten years longer, exponentially happier. Right. We're able to move in a place that 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 is just so fulfilling, right? That's what we're looking for is to is 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 empowerment of others, is to watch when people fail 
and go, I saw that. What'd you learn from it? Mm-hmm. What'd you get there? Okay, what's next? Let's put our eye on the prize. Where are we working towards? And let's fall in love with the journey of being our greatest selves. One of the things that I don't like is when I get yes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, don't yes me. Don't. Mm-hmm. I want you to tell me no. <laughs> I want you to tell me no and right. back it up. You have to have your opinion. Right. You're a person. You, you may not like what I said. Don't, don't agree with me. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's have a, let's communicate. Let's, yeah. let's really figure it out. And because your no may change my yes, my, my want for you to do this may change my thought on it. And it's that communication that I crave. So you're talking about it. It's, it's let's lead and let's do this together. Right. Well, what exactly you're talking, pleasing versus serving, right? Mm. When you have people that are yesing you, they're trying to please you. Right. Serving is a lot harder to do, but it's so much more powerful because you're able to to give someone the truth that they need to hear. You know, same thing with me. You know, I, I, I crave that. That's where I feel safe when somebody is able to tell me something. I go into these organizations and part of my companies, part of what I see immediately are these silos built up within the within these departments. And everybody sees it one way and they're keeping things to themselves and they're holding it in for, for months sometimes. And it builds this, this nastiness within an organization. Oh yeah. And, and when you can break down those silos and get really, and part of it is, is getting them to talk about what has happened. Right. And how do we speak the truth? You know, I went into this one organization one year to run a retreat and we did all these you know, the things. And then the next year they changed it around. They put this other girl in charge. She just was like as blunt and as loving as possible. But the entire company had completely changed because she demands truth all the time. She was brought up with it in her household and she wants mm. to give it. And she doesn't do it from a nasty place. She does it because she wants efficiency and, she, and, 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 and not to have this toxic energy within, within anything. So when you're serving somebody, you're giving them the truth from the heart, even though it might be uncomfortable to do, Mm -hmm. right? That's what, that's what CEOs, that's what executives want more than anything. If you're climbing the ladder, come look at your context, right? Look at how you're holding this energy, right? Is it F you, I'm going to tell you what I think, or is it, you know what? I really feel that this is, could help and benefit all of us. Right. They're, people are going to feel so much safer around you. They're going to want you around more because you're able to deliver something in a very powerful, truthful way, authentic way. And that's how I think most people want to live is from an authentic place, not from a fearful, pleasing place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So serve. You, ha- you have so much insight. I love it. Uh, you know, you and I, I, I think that we can talk for hours on this stuff. Yeah. And so many other topics, I'm sure. <laughs> what are your thoughts on someone asking for help, asking for a coach? I was, um, when I joined a men's team 12 years ago, I was in men's organizations and I, I got a lot of truth pointed out to me <laughs> pretty quickly. Um, and, and what they said to me, I'm, I'm a, I'm a first thing that I got pointed out to me is I'm a do it yourself. Motherfucker mm-hmm. had a really hard time asking for help. And yep because I thought I could do it all on my own. And when I finally started asking for help, even though that was hard to do, what was reflected back to me was 
I've never seen you in such a powerful place, right? You're, 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 you're literally, you're more authentic and real now than I've ever seen you because you're, you're asking, you're showing that you don't know, and that's okay. Right. Ask getting help from somebody is so, is so worthwhile. Like my first coach, I was in charge, like a bunch of things, stepped into this leadership position with this organization. And it was a, it was a volunteer position. So I wasn't getting paid for this. One of the places uh, I was working at that was a represent about 40% of my income was um, it just went out of business. Just one day came in, they're like, we're shutting down in two days. Income stopped. We moved the next week. Right. So I stepped in this leadership position thinking I'm going to get these beautiful lessons of leadership. And then within a day, the universe goes, yep, you're going to give it to you right now. <laughs> so I told my wife, I go, God, hey, I, we got to do something. I go, I think I, I need to hire a coach. I, uh, but we didn't really have the money to do that. And I was like, but I really feel and she's like, yeah, I agree. I, she goes, I think you got to do it. And I was like, OK. And everything inside of me was like. Okay, I'm going to do this, but I knew I needed to do it, but all those butterflies were there. And I started with her and she was a game changer. Mm. She literally kind of took my idea of what this my business model was in coaching and she expanded it into this thing that I was just like, "Oh my god." So within 3 weeks, 4 weeks I had a client, within 2 months I had two more clients. My rates raised within 6 months. I worked with her for a year. I had this my my entire business transformed within that year. Mm-hmm. And she gave me all of these tidbits of and reflection of how I was showing up including I was working too fast and that I needed to slow way down in order to see more, slow down to speed up. Mm. And, and that was the biggest thing, you know, and now I ask for help all the time. Is it easy? No, <laughs> but I still do it. Right. Because I know I'm not here to do it all on my own. You know, I know that where my strengths lie and where I can give things or, or, or enroll people to do them for me. Mm-hmm. Right. Or, and that's okay. Because if, if you're going to be, if you're going to be that vision officer or that CEO, whatever it is, it's about giving the strengths or giving away what to, to the people that have those strengths, giving away those things and empowering those people to do their job the way they need to do their job, right? Showing and watching them fail and going, it's okay. Great. I need, and, and, and that's what I think true leadership is, is now. It's being authentic. It's being real. It's being yourself. It's leading from the heart, not the head. And, and, and when that happens, you're sharing what, is going on with you, right? It's not like you're going, I'm, but coming from an ownership position, not a victim position. There's a big difference in the context there. And that really, I think, allows people to say, oh, it's okay to go. And, and I see it all the time. Teams, organizations, companies, individuals, they grow so much faster when they're able to really let the armor off and take the mask off and get rid of that old school programming that we probably developed before the age of 20 and get into this new place. Mm -hmm. So stop doing things. If you're trying to get to that new place that you've never been there before, maybe the stuff you that has worked in the past isn't going to get you there. It's a matter of shifting and changing and getting into a new way of being. And that's hard for a lot of people, but who knows, like you said, we might be gone tomorrow. So you might as well. (laughs) You know, I, I love the fact that you realized, especially at a time where it seemed like everything was coming crashing down, that you really needed help. And even though it was going to be expensive, 
you had someone on your side, on your team. Because usually when things are, doing, are going like that and you tell someone else, they're like, what are you, crazy? You know, just save yourself. Right. And for your wife to be that person who supported your decision, and not only that, but told you that you were right. Right. You do need the help. That's huge. Mm -hmm. Not many people get that support. Most people who go look for a coach have someone else whispering in their ear, you don't need a coach. Right. You don't need that person. Right. You could do it by yourself. What do you need them for? Yeah. They're no good. They're good. Yeah. So a lot of people need that. And if they don't get it from someone at home, hey, listen now, we're both telling you. Yeah. We all need coaches. Mm -hmm. This is why I created this podcast. Yeah. To let people know about all the amazing coaches I have on my show, Mm. including you, Chris, which, you know, I can tell you're an amazing, amazing coach. Mm. And because you're not just hitting it from one angle, Mm. you're hitting it from 360 degrees. You're looking at everything Mm -hmm. because everything matters. You know, it's not one thing. It's everything. Right. Right. It's that puzzle. That's right. That's right. Going back to puzzles. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you love that analogy. It's so good. It's so well, good. I, I've never said yeah. it till now. So no, it just, all right. Just, well, it it's your new thing head. now. I like mountains. You like puzzles. It's uh, maybe yeah. I'll switch to puzzles. I don't know. Yeah, I'll but, go to mountains. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I, I love one of my um, one of my buddies. He always uses this. He goes, if you always do what you always done, you're always going to get what you always got. You know, so stepping out and asking for help. Yeah, it might feel a little funky and, and that voice might come into your head, go, no, you, no, 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 that judge. But it's which, which one do you want to feed? Which voice do you want to feed? And if you can truly tap into your, to your soul, to your gut and listen to what it's telling you, that's where the answers lie. You have a deep well of wisdom that you have the answers. You just got to learn to slow down and listen to what the right one is for you. Not what Uncle Joe told you when you were, you know, 15 years old, but what's the right one for you right now moving up the mountain that you're climbing? Right. And who are the who are the people? Who are your Sherpas? Who are the ones that are going to help you get there? Yeah. You know, it might have worked for Uncle Joe back then. Yeah. Right. That's right. And, you know, not everything that works for everyone else will necessarily work for you. Mm-hmm. So even I tell people. Even if I'm going to give you advice, I want you not just to take it for what it is. I want you to evaluate it. Right. It's got to work for you. Yeah. You know, if I'm telling you to do a a physical exercise, you might have a different body than mine. Mm -hmm. So let's explore what you can do. Because what I can do is going to be different than what you can do. 100%. And same thing. We both think differently. Right. But together, we can come up with some great ideas and great solutions, right? So it's, it's that synergy that when we work with someone or when anyone uh, listening decides to go with a coach, interview them. Mm-hmm. Find out if, if, if you guys mesh, if you guys, you know, jive, if, if you both speak in the same language. That's right. Or better yet, if they speak better than you. <laughs> because you, <laughs> yeah. You, yeah, you might be lower and they're higher. So yeah. if your frequency is low and they're higher, your goal is to have them elevate you mm-hmm. to a higher frequency. And that's what a really good coach does. Right. They help you elevate, right? Because we all have a frequency we're on. Right. But we sometimes don't listen to the messages that are being sent to us. 
mm-hmm. because we're not open enough. And a coach is going to help us open up and listen so much more. That's right. That's right. By the, the reflection, you know, uh, Uncle Joe was projecting when you were young. He projected his fears onto you. And right. and and that <laughs> that right there is is something that a lot of people don't realize. But he did this and he did that. No, he was projecting his fears onto you. And so were some of your parents and this and that. And and what you just said is, yes, this is this isn't like you have to call one person and say, yeah, I'm going to work with you. You know, that's what most of us do is we do these calls to not only to make sure that you like us, but we like you and that this relationship we're going to have together for a year or so or longer is going to be one that's going to get you to the place that you really desire to be, you know, and, and, and you're going to, we're going to present tools to you that may or may not work and we're going to fall and we're going to get up and we're going to do it together, but it's this team that we're on this team that is going to build you to that, to that, to that place, you know, and, and it's, it's a synergy. It's a chemistry that you got to connect with. So if it takes a few people that you got to talk to, great, fantastic. Like you said, it's not about doing it alone. It was, but it didn't work. Not for me anyway. <laughs> so, Likewise, likewise. Yeah. Th- thinking about not only, but thinking of our, our business, our mm. personal life, we also have to take account of our health. Yeah. So even, and I've, I've said this several times already, interview the doctors that you're going to go see. Because mm-hmm. you don't want a doctor who's going to give you two minutes and then, you know, that's it. Yeah. And, and you're done. And like, uh, you leave later and you have questions and you never got to ask them because mm-hmm. you had two minutes. You want to be able to have a doctor who's going to give you the time of day because guess what? Right. It's your health. That's right. Same thing. When you go to an accountant. If they rush you off, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. It's your money. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be rushing so, through my taxes? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. No. I have questions, you know. So it, it's being informed and, and, and really digging and finding out because, like I said earlier, this is our one life we get to live. Right. Let's learn from our mistakes. Let's learn from other people's mistakes as well. Yeah. And let's just get better. That's right. You know, the last thing I'll say, what you just said is, you know, during those calls that you have during the interview, is there value there for you? Are you getting value from that call? Is there an excitement that's already created? Is the coach asking you the right questions first? Not just telling you how great he is and who he or she has worked with, but are you walking away from that call better than when you came on it? Is there a clear direction of where you're going? Right. I think any good coach is going to take you down there to make sure that there's value within those 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 times before you give him any money or her any money. I really believe that any good coach is going to spend that time to make sure that, yeah, I want to work with you, because, by the way, we get filled up Mm. by your success, by your getting to where you need to go. Right. That that lights me up more than when I get off a great call with a client. My you know, I have my office, but my wife is like, what was going on in there? I go, just, you know, (laughs) another amazing call, (laughs) you know, and she's like, I need a minute to come down. But, you know, that's 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 why I do what I do, because that's that's this what I get. I have an opportunity. I know you do, too to, to do something we love. And, and when you're coming from that kind of excitement and joy, it's like, wow, this is, this is, this is helping everybody. This is helping the world. And it's just a beautiful thing to, to, to be able to do. I'm grateful and I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate to be able to do. Yeah. 
And, you know, I'm very fortunate we got this time together because mm. like we talked earlier, you've taught me so much already. So, yeah. and I can tell you're a great coach and, and you have so much to, to give. Mm. And I know you're not done. So I know there's more things coming your way and more things that you are probably going to be doing as far as, you know, helping people. How do you stay on top? How do you stay on the cutting edge? Mm. Um, first it's taking care of myself, mm. right? I'm talking, you know, I do health. I'm working out every day. I'm swimming. I'm doing yoga. I'm going to the gym, running, surfing. So I take care of my cup for meditating. I do breath work. So that is first and foremost. Then it's who are the people I surround myself with? Mm-hmm. You know, they say you're the sum of the five people around you, right? right? So who do I surround myself with? What kind of energy do I and interact with? Who do I call? Who's my circle that I get to get on the phone with? When I'm feeling a little low, I have, I have three buddies that I can call. I have one ongoing call. And when I get, up, when I get off with these people, I'm just like, oh, I'm lifted. I'm, I'm, I'm there. Nice. And we share resources of what we get, right? I have my, my um, things that I get on my emails every day, you know, Seth Godin and, and, you know, my readings that I'm doing, all these podcasts I'm listening to. Um, if I like something I'm hearing in a podcast, I think Andrew Huberman today, I'm about to listen to the gratitude podcast. It's like, why to gratitude, why to, you know, this week being what it is. So anything that, that lights me up, that brings me closer to myself, as long as I'm working on me, then I'm able to give more to my clients. I'm discovering things about me. What This profession we're in, it, it, we're so fortunate, like we said, but the deeper we go into ourselves, mm-hmm. the better we are for our clients, right? For our, the, the retreats that we run, for the speak engagements we get to do for the podcast we're on. So I think it's first looking in the mirror and saying, okay, where do you not feel free? Mm. Where do you not feel free? And when I can say, okay, this is what I'm going to start looking at today or this week, then that starts to open up and get unstuck. And I have, there's so many different tools to, to take me there. Nice, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you have to because it's a continuing education daily. Right. Right. Because, and a lot of people don't understand like, wow, that coach is expensive or this or that. Well, guess what? You want a cheap coach? Get one that hasn't studied for many years and they're just doing the same thing they've been doing. Right. They have not changed it. That's right. They don't read up. They don't get new information. Yeah, that's going to be, you know, a cheap coach. Go for that one. Yeah. yeah. If, that's what, if, if you don't want to grow, that's the coach you want. <laughs> well, you, you know, what's <laughs> funny is what you just said. You know, there's, there's, I had this conversation yesterday with somebody, but the power of exchange mm. and how important it, that, that energy is to, to go back and forth to get what you need, right? It's not just about us collecting money from you. It's about you giving it and you putting it out there into action and going, oh, I'm showing up for this, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? It's, it's, it's an energy exchange that happens because I could say, get with a client and say, oh, well, this is how much my clients pay me. And, but for you, I'm going to cut that in half and da, 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 and that wouldn't be, first of all, an integrity, but this wouldn't be the, the thing that wouldn't benefit you in the long run. Mm-hmm. Right. That wouldn't be, you know, you earn this money, you put energy and hard work into that. And that energy is going to go into the development of you and your business and, and whatever else you want to work on. 
So that exchange is so powerful and so important for both of us, not just for, not just for me, but for you, actually more so for the client. Correct. One of the things that I've done, and I do so much free work, and people are like, you should be charging for that. And I'm like, mm. no, I'm good. It's not about the money for me, right? Mm-hmm. And then I have clients who go, oh, that's expensive. I'm like, you don't have to. It's okay. Mm-hmm. But then they realize, they're like, okay, we're going with you. And then every so often, I'm like, yeah, how much do I owe you? I'm like, nothing. They're like, really? I'm like, yeah, yeah don't worry about it. It was my pleasure. Right. And people like sometimes they don't get it that we're giving so much of ourselves mm-hmm. that it's not really about the money. It's about, look, if I go to a, a seminar or a retreat or anything like that, I don't get it for free. Right. I, I have to pay for it. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Not only am I paying with my money, I'm paying with my time. Right. I'm taking time away from other people other ventures that i'm doing Mm -hmm. so i am investing myself right so that i can be better for you and people don't see that the really good coaches are always investing in themselves right 100 percent. every day i have coaches of my own you know Mm -hmm. how about you do you have coaches yes yes i'm i'm about to join this mastermind i just finished with one a little while ago now i'm about to go into this new mastermind for myself so i had a i get it in a in a group now and then who knows in another year i might go back to one-on-one if somebody speaks to me i'm gonna mm-hmm. check them out and see where we're at so mm-hmm. yeah. always Plus, masterminds are great they're, they're a beautiful yeah. thing all right mm-hmm. chris this has been so much fun and informative mm-hmm. And I, I love this connection, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, yeah it's beautiful. I thank you. You said it at the beginning, we're going to have fun. You put the intention out there. So here we are. <laughs> did we? We did it. Did we? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I love the, the symmetry and the, the connection we have. And I, I just really love what you do and, and this whole you know, brand that you created for people to, to listen and grow from. So thank you for, for having me on and thank you for giving this to the world. So, oh, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. You have an amazing, amazing day. Thank you. You as well. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I'll be back with a new episode and a new guest. You can find all episodes of the Coaching Call podcast on Apple, Anchor, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and wherever you listen to podcasts. I ask that you please leave me an honest review. This episode was made possible by listeners like you. If you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and buy me a cup of coffee. Make it a large. I'm trying to keep this episode free of advertisements. Anything you can donate to the cause is greatly appreciated. To donate, go to paypal.me backslash Thank you and I really appreciate your help.